When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happy New Year, everybody. We are back. It's Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Happy New Year, my friend. It, uh, it is a happy new year. It uh, snowed really hard here in D.C. Probably <laughs> most snow we've ever gotten. I'm extremely excited because I never leave my house. So it's just <laughs> lovely snow around my house. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of people who aren't excited. Mainly those people who got stuck on I-95 for like 14 oh, hours. Oh my God, God bless them. I couldn't do it. Oh my God, you know, my nerves are bad. My foot's shaking just thinking about sitting in the car for a whole day yeah. on 95 in the snow in like 20 degree weather. No thanks. Uh, my, no, I'm shaking at the thought of being in a car for any amount of time. I just don't, <laughs> I don't do it anymore. I barely have That's true too. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's uh, crazy. So if you're out there or if you're back from being out there, we hope you're okay. Um, and you know, we had like seven hours of content for you with the mock off season that's on our YouTube channel. So hopefully you consume some of that, that would have eaten up <laughs> some of your 14 hours there. Okay. Uh, also though, we should, we should tell everyone to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, buttons right down there. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, just just search our names. You don't have to find our, our usernames. Like it'll pop up yeah, somewhere. It, it's it's there. somewhere. You, you know who we are. Make sure though you follow at Her Hoop Stats. Go to herhoopstats.com for the best stats in women's basketball. And go to uh, herhoopstats.substack.com. Subscribe to our newsletter where we'll be breaking down everything that happens in the world of women's basketball. Our latest article is on Becky Hammond getting hired in Las Vegas. And I think we both have reaction to that. 
Yes, we do. First of all, congratulations, Becky Hammond. I mean, I have seen a lot of the comments and a lot of them are congratulatory as they should be, which my mm -hmm. statement was about it. I'm super happy for her to be back in the WNBA. But some people gave, they were saying, no, we wanted her to wait for Pop to retire so she could stay in San Antonio and take over when he's done. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because I hear that too. I, I see what they're saying. But at the same time, I mean, she's going to be the highest paid WNBA coach of all time. So mm -hmm. it's not like she's stepping down to a position in the WNBA, which I saw a lot of the comments yeah. that were like that too. This is not a demotion. This is a promotion. Let's get that corrected. But what are your thoughts on, on her leaving as the next in line, most likely down there in San Antonio for the Spurs after Greg Popovich retired? Uh, I, you know, I do, I understand the knee-jerk reaction of saying, hey, this puts us back. You know, the coach that was probably closest to an NBA head coaching job is now in the WNBA. And if things go well, she'll be there for a long time. Um, but there's a few things that I think are wrong with that criticism. First off, like you mentioned, it's not a step down to go to the WNBA, especially getting in now. Like she is going to, she yeah. is, is increasing the coaching profile like Dawn Staley did at South Carolina. She's increased the salary level. She's increased the profile level of this job. So hopefully the job does increase in mm -hmm. both um, profile and responsibilities. We want these coaches to really be, you know, completely focused in on the WNBA and they are becoming more and more so as coach exactly. GMs as Hammond will be. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is like, this does not preclude her from going and getting an MBA job. If it should come up, this should actually help her. Yeah. One of the things that she talked about when she took this job in the press conference, she said um, that the knock on her and the head coaching interviews that she did was she's only been in San Antonio and she hasn't mm -hmm. been a head coach. Both those things are BS, and we could get into the reasons why those are BS criticisms from those jobs, because other coaches with the same exact resume have been hired just because they're men. But right. you can't knock her for it anymore because she's going to Vegas. She's going to be in a new system. It's going to be hers. And she talked about taking in that seat and being a head coach. And that's such a big deal, not just for herself as a person, but herself trying to get a MBA job. If that's what she wants. And then my third mm -hmm. point on this last thing I'm going to say is no, there yeah. will be a first head coach, women head coach in the NBA. There will be. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be Becky Hammond. It right. can be any number of people. It could be Teresa Witherspoon. It can be, you know, Lindsay Gottlieb. It can be anybody. And right. I just think, you know, it, it's great that um, there is a conversation between NBA and WNBA fans happening now. I, yes. I think it actually has been mo mostly positive, which I'm a little bit surprised by, mm -hmm. but this does not preclude at all or step back the timing of the first female head coach in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So those are my thoughts, but uh, what, what was your reaction to the whole thing? Or do, do you think I'm wrong on this? No, no, I, I definitely agree wholeheartedly actually with the notion that it's going to happen sooner mm -hmm. than it's not going to happen. I tell you that right now. I know when the Portland job opened up and Dawn Staley's name was being flirted around and Dawn actually said, I'm listening to everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to think about, obviously she has just done a fantastic job at South Carolina creating the fan base. It's packed, you know, the fams that she has there, F-A-M-S, she calls mm -hmm. the fans there fams. 
and just what she's been able to do in terms of staying at the top. I mean, they took a tumble against Missouri and stayed number one. So, I mean, this is a coach who has won a gold medal as a player time and time again. And then obviously wins the gold as the head coach for USA basketball. So our basketball acumen is not in question. I think it's just more about the opportunity. And I think that goes for every other woman that you just uh, said, you know, mm -hmm. and then you have, you know, the, the Notre Dame and Duke women's game that happened over the weekend and, or just a couple of days ago. And, you know, you see Neil Ivey, who was also in the NBA as an assistant and Carol Lawson, who is the head coach at Duke. She has been with Boston in the yeah. NBA as an assistant coach. And now they're doing their things as head coaches. And I love it. I mean, if you're coaching for the love of the game, which is what all of us do, right? It's the opportunity that presents itself that will make that change for, you know, it being the first woman in NBA history to be a head coach. And I think it's, it's going to be magnificent when it happens, but it should, I know it's going to be a pomp and circumstance when it does happen as well. But at the same time, just go ahead and, and be that coach, regardless of, of gender, regardless of race, regardless of anything. It's your opportunity because of the grindstone that you've been on for your entire career. You've earned the moment to be in that space and, and to have your name mentioned for job opportunities in the NBA. So I think there are so many women who are primed and ready for that when it happens, and I can't wait for it. And, you know, I don't think that she's, she's missing out on an opportunity to be the first one. Um, it is still there for her if that's what she wants to do. But I think this was a perfect opportunity for her to go back to the WNBA. She just had her, her Jersey retired over the mm -hmm. summer. Um, Interesting in Las timing. Vegas. Interesting <laughs> I, know, I was going to say, and, you know, <laughs> and now it's really cool that she can uh, have her Jersey up where she's coaching as well. And, just the respect of that is, uh, is immense. And I just, I think it's terrific that, um, that she's back. And I think that's what she has said as well, mm -hmm. just with the WNBA being where she started and how, you know, Mike Tebow was the one who drafted her way back when. But and, she was undrafted. Uh, oh, she was undrafted, but he no. gave her a chance. You're right. He gave, he gave she was undrafted, but he picked her up. And I mean, he's done the same thing with several other players, Tierra Ruffin Pratt, undrafted mm -hmm. out of Carolina, but they maintain their careers. And wow, what a stellar career she had in the, in the WBA, but he gave her that chance, you know, and you, you think about that and what that matchup is going to be like when Washington plays Vegas now with that extra added uh, entity of, of that connection of the Tebos and Becky Hammond. I love it. Yep. No, it's, it's really, it's heartwarming. It's fantastic. And I, it just reminded me of something of another coach that we should put into the NBA category um, of, of possible coaches, Jenny Busick, who's uh, currently yes. with Indiana. Indiana. Um, mm -hmm. Rick Carlisle, protege, she moved over from Dallas, Indiana. But mm -hmm. I remember her talking to me for stories doing Alicia Clark. She said it was so important for her to come back to the WNBA and coach Seattle when she did because right. she was able to create the environment that she wished she had when she was a player in the mm -hmm. WNBA. Cause we, you know, we, we always talk about in the WNBA, we're always reaching for something, right? We're always reaching right. for a brass ring. We're always talking about, you know, what's next. How's the league going to grow? What, what's it getting better mm -hmm. in? And we have, I think sometimes we fail to realize how far it's come because she said, right. you know, from the time she was a player to when she was a coach, she was able to have so many more resources and put together a program that helped her players win 
and become better people. And that's what I'm most excited for, for Becky Hammond is that she's going to come in. She understands what these players are going through. She mm-hmm. understands, you know, the, the great sides of being in the WNBA and the downsides of being in the WNBA. And I think she can create yeah. an environment that's really easy to come in and win with. And, and not that Bill Lambeer wasn't doing that. Obviously they were doing very well with Bill Lambeer, yeah. but I think this pushes Vegas to be younger, to be a little bit more modernized in their planning um, and gets players to say, Hey, like she knows, what, she knows what we're going through. Yeah. Uh, not just in terms of what we got to do in the court, but what's going on off the court and the challenges that we face that, NBA players or just normal people don't go through on a day-to-day basis. So that's to me the biggest part of this hire. I did mention Bill Lambeer. I, I was gonna ask you to, about that. <laughs> I wanted to get your thoughts first of like, okay, <laughs> what do you think about the yeah, you know, they switched chairs? He was in on it. He he was to, apparently this idea came up a while ago and he was mm-hmm. in on the idea of her bringing in Becky Hammond, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on you know shifting bill out of the picture as we shift becky in i was i was surprised um you know i I just think that i mean not and and that does not mean that there's a problem with becky hammond Mm -hmm. getting this job so let me preface my comment with that so i'm not surprised that becky hammond earned this position so boom for that um but with bill and beer um sliding out of the way that was kind of a surprise for me because i did not see that coming I did not think that um, he would do that, mm-hmm. number one, um, because he's he's very competitive oh, yeah. and he's very prideful. And and those are not knocks on his personality. He's just, a, you know, he's just tough nosed. And for him to say, yeah, OK, we, we've seen the 1990s <laughs> Pistons. If you have a, <laughs> if you're too young to know who, what we're talking about with Bill Lambert, like just give it a quick rule. I'm sorry to get you off track. I always want to mention, though, that you can oh. find Bill Lambert fights all over the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, listen, hey, I watch NBA TV all the time, and they have all those throwbacks and all, the, uh, you know, the conversations about the bad boys in the 90s and all that stuff, and when they played the Bulls. So, yeah, I mean, I think he still has a little bit of that edge to him, clearly, mm-hmm. as a coach, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, saying that because it's the truth. Um, but with that being said, that's why I found it a little more surprising than any other coach saying that, you know, yeah. in the league, honestly. Um, to say, yeah, I'm going to slide to the side and, and come on Becky Hammond. I don't know. I just, I, I was like, wow, wait, what's, what's going to happen with Bill? Like, is something wrong? Is he okay? Yeah. Number one is the first thing I thought, is he good? Like, is he good? Um, and then my second thing was, wow. Uh, I guess he, he sees that this is what the team needs yeah. at this point, at this juncture uh, of growth. So, you know, I, I'm just, I guess I'm still processing and reasoning out um, his process and his thought process on, on making that kind of decision. But I, I will say for me, I was, I was surprised that he would do that. Yeah, I was too. I mean, may, maybe it was a situation where they're like, hey, we could also just fire you. You know, that, that could have been, that's the cynical part you of me. Think? You I don't think? I, but um, it's like, I would never give up a job. It's like, hey, Hey, look, I love Becky Ham. I love what she's doing. I ain't giving up my job for it. I hope she got, <laughs> I hope she does great somewhere else. 
So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a cynical part of me, but the, the, I think the optimist yeah. view, it could potentially yeah. be true that he just saw the situation, said, hey, yeah. I'm getting up there in years. I want to leave yeah. this organization better than I found it. And, and he mm -hmm. already has since when he came to New York, coming to Vegas, it, it's become a much better organization than it was before. Um, but he also could have just said, hey, look, like I'm going to leave at some point. I would love to get someone in here that I can work with and be a part of what I think is a championship group. And mm -hmm. hey, that's just as plausible as the other more cynical um, explanation. And I just, I do think though, the Becky Hammond hire to me signals that Vegas is going to start moving in a different direction. Bill Lambeer, yeah. as you mentioned, old school kind of guy, old school kind of coach, favored those mm -hmm. bigs, favored not yeah. taking threes. Uh, Becky Hammond, I think, has already said that she, her team is going to take more threes. But I just think it also is going to come up in free agency. I think we're going to see the, the big thing that I'm looking for is if Liz Cambage is not cored, I think this, yeah. this Vegas team moves in a much more perimeter-focused direction, this free agency and going forward, and building right. around, still building around Asia Wilson, but building around her in a, in a more sustainable way, maybe taking right. some cues from what they did in South Carolina. Um, do you think there's going to be any sort of other, other things that people should look out for in the ACES organization in terms of Becky making them more modern? Do you think it's a good idea? I think it's a great idea. I think, well, I mean, speaking as a post player, I love the, you know, back to basket post play that, that they were getting with yeah. the uh, twin towers uh, of, you know, obviously Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage. However, the game has changed mm -hmm. and, and not that it's, I don't know. I don't like saying that it's changed and I like it. I mean, I, I like old school basketball. So, mm -hmm. I mean, analytically, I know that it's been proven that the production level is higher if you take and make more threes in the game, because obviously threes and twos, but I get it. But you have to have players that fit that system. Mm -hmm. You have to have players that can make those shots. You have to have players and consistently well and efficiently well. So, yeah, it's good to to get more threes up, but you got to get them in too. And I think, like you said, when free agency opens up on February 1st, I think that's going to be really exciting to see all the shifting and moving that's done uh, trying to get what Becky Hammond wants mm -hmm. in terms of her system implemented. But I still don't think they're going to totally go away from – no. you know nice bounce passes into a sealed post player inside because i mean i'm still here for that so yeah. i hope they don't totally go away from that and go to a five out system or a motion system um you know i i just think that you know they can have a happy medium but they can have more threes but not go from one extreme to another like we're not going to be all inside and nothing outside and we're not going to be all outside and nothing inside i think I you're going to see more of a happy medium kind of style with Becky Hammond and the Aces. And I think it's going to be good to see. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, Chelsea Gray is still on this team. So hello, we're going to get plenty of mid-rangers. We could get plenty of guard post-ups. And I just want yeah. I, I like watching Asia Wilson work out a high post. Like that's, that's my, I think it's my big difference is like give Asia the space to work out of the high post. She's great yeah. there. Um, mm -hmm. And she can, she can drive from there. She can pass from there. She can shoot from there. So if you can't, and they, they have done that. It's just the spacing got a little mucked up when you had 
a Liz Cambage or, or, or any sort of big down there, it mucks, it, it changes the spacing for those high post possessions. So I'm right. hoping that Becky kind of pushes it out a little bit more. Maybe hopefully one of my uh, theories here is that Kelsey Plum is actually going to have a huge year under Becky Hammond. Yeah. Small I guards, see that. small see guards, that. you know, we're working mm-hmm. around. So I, I think uh, that's going to be a big boost um, for them, but I, I am just really, really excited to see the modern Vegas aces yeah. um, because I love Bill, but Bill, Bill did coach in a different style. Um, right. Do you want to talk about Sandy Brondello too? Cause in a, essentially a corresponding move, Sandy Brondello got hired by the New York Liberty once Becky Hammond went to Las Vegas because they were also chasing uh, Becky Hammond, the New York Liberty were, according to Chantel uh, Jennings from The Athletic. They were both chasing uh, Hammond. Hammond goes to Vegas. Brondello then correspondingly goes to New York. We talked about this very briefly when she got let go in Phoenix, but what are your initial thoughts on uh, Sandy Brondello going to New York? I'm excited for her. I think it's really fantastic that number one, she gets to stay in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, you know, she gets an opportunity to work with a really young team that I think is chomping at the bit to learn from a veteran coach like Sandy Brondello. And I think that's going to be exciting to see. I mean, immediately you think of Sabrina Inescu, who's going to, you know, ask the questions and Sandy's going to have the answers. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch that dynamic in particular. But I think, you know, just having her wisdom and basketball acumen in the league still is going to be a good thing for, for the game. And I I think it's also, you know, when they play Phoenix, that's going to be fun to watch. We're talking about dynamics. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be fun to watch uh, because she knows those players. Um, regardless of who becomes the the new head coach in Phoenix, you know, personnel is most of the scout, right? I mean, yep. the X and O's are part of it, but you know what, what makes your players uncomfortable, yeah. right? And I think that, you know, when, when they see Phoenix, I think that's going to be fun to see what Sandy does to be disruptive to her former players. I think that's always fun to see in the NBA too when that happens. So I think for, uh, for New York, it's an exciting time for them. I know Sandy's going to be a great coach, just like she was in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, maybe it's just time for a new voice there. I was, I was thinking of surprises. I, I was pretty surprised that that happened too in Phoenix. Yep. And after all these coaches are being hired, I saw um, Skylar Diggins Smith posted like, what's going on with us? Like, where's our, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, they're waiting for the next door to open and who's going to be behind it. You know, they're, they're waiting for their coach there. So, that's going to be intriguing uh, to see who, who ends up in Phoenix as the head coach. But I, I love that Sandy Brandello gets a chance in the big apple. No. And uh, the one on, on Phoenix, I know Christina Williams mm-hmm. reported that they're going to hire their coach before January 15th. Of course, January 15th is the day in which free agency like really begins. You can't start yeah. signing. It technically began on the first with teams offering qualified uh, qualifying offers. Some players have already accepted those qualifying offers. We don't yes. need to talk about that. I'm going to have a podcast with Richard Cohen, I think tomorrow or the next day. Nice. All that. Um, but the 15th is when free agents get to negotiate with teams. The first right. February 1st is the day that they can start signing contracts. So they I need know. a head coach mm-hmm. in place by the 15th as Christina reported. Um, <laughs> on, Bra- on Sandy going to New York, I actually think this is somewhat of the opposite uh, in terms of stylistic fits okay. as, as Becky going to Vegas. As you mentioned, Becky Hammond is going to modernize the Vegas system, or at least that's what the hope is. 
in New York, I think Sandy is going to kind of bring it back to the old school a little bit. Okay. They, had, they had a really interesting idea uh, of being very modern, being very analytics-based, you know, being all those buzzwords that you hear uh, from data people nowadays. And it, it didn't, it didn't not work. They have a great set of players, but Sandy coming in is going to bring in that stability. It's going to bring mm-hmm. in some, some definitely less threes, some more post-ups, some slower play, I think. Right. And right. I, I think the, the same things we talked about with Becky being a former player that are true for Sandy. And I think that's going to be the biggest advantage for her. She can talk to these right. players and tell them stuff that no one else is going to yeah. you know, know. You know, that, that right. knowledge that they're going to get is going to be huge yep. for them. And she's obviously extremely good at keeping a team together. Um, I think that's a, that's the biggest thing that new coaches seem to struggle with um, mm-hmm. is keeping a locker room together, understanding all the dynamics at play. And I'm not sure there's a better choice in the league for that than Sandy Brondello, as she has done it for uh, how many years was she in? in oh, man. Eight, I mean, she, like she played in the league, too. So if you're, yeah. you know, adding, calculating. Miami, add that Miami soul legend, Miami Sandy Brondello. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy Rondella, Miami Soul legend. Uh, no, I just think that's going to be a huge, huge get for them in terms of, you know, hey, strategy's great. But end of the day, like you mentioned, it's about your personnel. And the biggest job of a, of a head coach is managing your personnel, managing yeah. personalities and making sure that the team can come together. I think Sandy will do great in that aspect. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see how it works for her in New York. I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Uh-oh. Which hire do you like better, Becky Hammond to Las Vegas or Sandy Brondello to New York? We still have the Phoenix one, as we mentioned, but we don't know who that is. We don't know yet on that. You know, I love Sandy Brondello. I really do. I just love the intrigue of mm-hmm. Becky Hammond in Vegas. I just think, you know, she, like you said, philosophically, there will be changes, you know, by both coaches. But I'm, I think I'm most intrigued by Becky Hammond's move to the Aces because I think hers is going to be more pivotal. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, I just feel like that. And I know Sandy's going to be great in New York. That's not saying she's mm-hmm. not going to be great there, but I'm just, I think my eyes are going to go there first. Like if they're both playing at the same time, right. I'm going to watch that game first and then watch the New York game. So that kind of is the way I'm figuring how I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> that you put me on the spot. Like, what do I want to see first? I think I want to see what they look like. Um, yeah. and see what kind of changes she is going to make with who she has there. And is Angel McCautry coming back healthily? And is That's she going to be able to make an impact? And what's that going to look like for them? I just think I, I, I have my eyeballs on them first. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how she's going to uh, move those chess pieces across the board. I, I'm excited to see that. All right. So we can put Chrissy down for more excited about Becky Hammond <laughs> than Sandy Ronzello, which is, of course, not answering the question. But <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, I, I will tell you who made the better <laughs> hire. I think there's more upside to Becky Hammond. Obviously, we've heard such great things about her coaching. She has earned the prop, yada yada, blah blah. But I'm going, I'm going with Sandy Brondello because I think both these teams have some urgency in terms of competing for a title. I think New York has to get there. New York really right. has to get there this year and, and you know get to the second round of the playoffs. Hopefully, have a first round bye would really be right. the goal, but they have to get the second round of the playoffs this year. Obviously Vegas is always going to have um, a lot of expectations because of Asia Wilson, but 
I think Becky actually has a little bit more time just because of the fanfare that she was brought in with, yeah. the size of her contract, what the the inroads she's already made in that organization are give her a little bit more time. I think Sandy in New York, they have a little bit more urgency. And I, I think it's actually a better hire to bring in someone like Sandy because she's been a head coach. Right. And being a head coach is important because you know you know what it takes to to manage those personalities and get the team to do what you want to do. Now we're going to have debates, I'm sure, come, come <laughs> mid-season about whether the things that she wants the team to do are the right things for the New York Liberty to do. Right. But for now, I am going to go with Sandy Brondella being the better hire just because I know what I'm getting. The consistency is going to be there. I think there's a lot of upside with the Becky Hammond hire in Vegas. Yeah. I know I think there's consistency with what Sandy Brondella brings to New York, and that's what they need. So I will answer yeah. my own question. <laughs> there you those. go. You got it for me, too. Good. Two for one. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that, i'm not sure that's how it works uh, first, you know. <laughs> okay so that's uh i that's all i got on the coaching hires i, I saw a rumor someone just we're in one of the groups i'm in Hold on, i'll tell you just very briefly some names okay may still be in the phoenix um the phoenix running uh pokey chatton but a, a co- another coach that we mentioned, black woman, who has been okay. in this league before, who knows what she's doing? That'd be fine. That'd be fine. Who did you say? I couldn't. It oh, I'm sorry. Pokey Chapman. Pokey Chapman. Yes, I think she's interviewed there. Yes. Yes. Do I, do, okay. These are. So this is just with someone, like not someone involved. So okay. Someone's having a conversation in Twitter, okay. and I'm reading it. Uh, Latricia Trammell, uh, still in the okay. mix for Phoenix, okay. it seems, and Chastity Melvin, still in the mix for Phoenix, it seems. Yeah. All three of those would be yep. good hires. She's been uh, an assistant down there in Phoenix. So she's she's more than ready to. And Pokey po- Chapman, I mean, come on. Pokey's and Pokey, she has decades, yeah. decades of experience. I if I'm a GM, I'm hiring Pokey down there. If, if Pokey wants to be there, it's kind of hard to tell her. No, although I think Chastity has a great case. Um I think Chastity has a great case because she's already been down there. But if you're going for a change, we'll see. I'm sure there might be a mystery candidate somewhere. Because <laughs> we didn't see Becky Hammond going to Vegas when we talked about. We did not. Uh, we did even not though it was low key a rumor for a little while. So that's that's all I got on the coaching hires in the WNBA. Can we talk some college basketball? Oh man, I got to get my mind right. Wait, let me get a loose <laughs> off, pull my ears down, some tap my forehead. Okay, yes, let's talk about college basketball because there was a bevy of upsets over the weekend, and wow. Uh, uh, I guess we'll start at the top, right? With South uh, Carolina. I was about to say we should start at the place where uh, both Christy and I told you last week that South Carolina was going to be undefeated for the rest oh, of the season. I know that didn't go well. For us. Uh, South Carolina loses to Missouri, sixty-nine yeah. to seventy in overtime. Yeah, uh, I. I don't, I don't know where to begin with this game. All I know is that Missouri was playing seven players. They essentially played only six players. All of their starters played over 38 minutes in an overtime game, and they still beat the number one team in the country. One of the best upsets I've ever seen across sports, period, ever. ever. Yeah. It was, uh, it was quite something, I will say. And I know you know, just, just like you were talking about the comments, like on Twitter by some of the former South Carolina players, they mm-hmm. were, they were upset. And this <laughs> is before the game was over. Like it was, I think during the game, they just felt like something is off 
we're not playing our style of basketball. Dawn is really upset. Like those mm-hmm. are the kinds of things. And, you know, when you see your coach is upset with energy, effort, focus issues, that's when you know there's an issue. That's yeah. when you know there's a problem. And, and it was happening. And yes, it was in, you know, a, a, a one possession game, a two point game or a one point game, I'm sorry, Don't a care. one point game. And, you know, you think you look at the stat sheet and was there one thing that they could have done better or one, one thing they could have executed a little bit better, of course, and yeah. probably more than one. Okay. But when you have a target on your back night in and night out, being the number one team, being, yeah. you know, one of four undefeated teams at that point, now they're only three, but um, just being, you know, targeted. I think it, it's uh, that's a tough place to be. You have to, it's not, mm-hmm. it is difficult to get to the top. Let me say it's not, it's difficult to get to the top. It's most difficult to stay at the mm-hmm. top because now everybody, everybody has clear view of where you are and they're, they're gunning for you. They're shooting those arrows right at you and you have to be um, just sturdy yeah. with your, amount of focus that you bring night in and night out you can't take a break on any possession you're talking a one-point game any possession you can't say well we'll get it back because we're undefeated and we've done it before we've fallen back before but we've come back to win um and we saw that in the stanford game right mm-hmm. i mean this year this year yep. um they fell back and came back and um throw down 17 and fought so it's yeah, almost like when that happens with teams it's like ah we've been here before we can get ourselves out of it i agree and then, man, you keep hitting that switch and that bulb is not popping. You need to replace the bulb because nothing's going mm-hmm. on. No, that's what was happening. So you can't, can't have any kind of a switch. Like it's on from the time you start the season and it stays up, mm-hmm. right? There can't be like any rest period, especially when you're at that level. And, and especially since we said they were going to go undefeated. I know. Like, I can't believe they did this to us. I can't believe they did this to us. Can't do that. But, um, but I think that's what they ran into. I think they ran into that. But even with Missouri, the way that they played, they didn't have a ton of depth. But I know the last time they beat South Carolina on a buzzer beater, South Carolina won the title. Yep. So, and that was in the comments from some alum as well. So it's just interesting. Sometimes it takes a little shake up to wake you up. And, you know, you have to understand what it feels like to lose sometimes. You hate it. But sometimes you you learn from maybe letting your guard down a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's a really good point that you brought up that uh, the two, two things that you brought up, the focus aspect of mm-hmm. it's easy to get focused for a team like Stanford, right? You've been told all week, this team's really good. Mm-hmm. They ranked number two. We beat us last year. Yada, yada. It's really easy to get up for you, the Yukons of the world, the tech, you know, those big schools that you play. But these games are the ones that define who you are as the team. And they dropped it. And, you know, I think um, the other thing that you brought up, though, that the losing is a lesson. It is. I think this is going to make this team stronger this year. It is. And that's scary, too. If you play this game 100 times, right, South Carolina probably wins like 99. 90, we'll, give, we'll give Missouri like three of them, 97 times, right? So right. if – and this time, it was the time that South Carolina dropped the ball. And I think Nick Saban and a bunch of the Alabama players, I was watching college football this weekend, obviously. Um, they were talking about how their loss to Texas A&M made them appreciate winning more, made mm-hmm. them understand that it takes a lot to win every single game that you play, every single one. 
in any right. sport. I don't care. I don't care what the sport is. Every sport takes a lot to win. And I think this is going to have a similar effect for South Carolina. They're going to have a bigger appreciation for winning. Um, and I think it's going to eventually help them win a title as we're still expecting them to. However, yeah. I, do, I have some stats here that I just, this is so weird. Cause like I was trying to figure out, we're like, Oh, okay. Hey, here's one statistic that makes right. this whole thing make sense to a certain extent. So they had the worst defensive rating they've had in a game this season. They had the slowest pace this season too, though. the slowest pace of a game this season. They had their mm-hmm. worst free throw rate of the season. South Carolina did. Okay. And then on the other side, Mizzou was just kind of fine. They were 7-15 on threes. That's great. 13-16 from the line. Huge. Make your free throws, folks. You want to pull off an upset, <laughs> make your free throws. Thanks. And they did They did just enough on the glass. <laughs> just enough to not get completely blown out on the glass. And they took care right. of the ball. But it's just it was a bunch of little things. And I think, you know, I was trying to take away, you know, I was trying to get takeaways here. Um, I don't think this is like, oh, Missouri completely soft South Carolina, but I think there's something in the fact that South Carolina kind of took the bait that Missouri was hanging out for them. Missouri had yeah. a lot of people in the post. They basically yeah. lined up four across on the, on the baseline, not on the baseline, uh, you know, near the middle of the court. And they right. really tried to cut off the paint as much as possible from South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina took the bait and they took bad shots. They didn't get to the free throw line. And Ty Cook had an off night. Do you think there's something to the idea of copying Missouri strategy, or do you think this is more of an off night for South Carolina than anything? Man, I think a little bit of both. I mean, yes, ideally, when you see some kind of scheme that Mm -hmm. is disruptive to South Carolina, you think that you can implement that and get the same results. And what were we saying about personnel? You have to have the personnel to execute that kind of scheme as well. So while it looks pretty, you know, like I can look at a recipe and, you know, and I'm speaking really organically right now and genuinely, you know, and I see a picture of it on on the internet or something and I make it and it's not quite right. Okay, yeah. so I think that goes the same way with what you see with basketball. It's like, that's a great idea. But do you have the players who can operate in that kind of a system and make it work just like that. That's the real question of the situation. And I think, yes, while it looks nice and maybe fool's gold, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't back it up with who you have. So going with what you said about South Carolina, not being on their A game, I I don't think that's going to happen with them anymore the rest of the season. Like you said, I think it is going to make them stronger. But I think they were they were off their game that day, and that's no slight. Okay, Missouri, you beat yeah, you you got them. You won. You guys were on the ground when that shot went in. The whole bench, all seven of you, screaming. <laughs> I know, but they were all, all seven coaches, of you. Coaches were in a squat and laid out on the ground. It was an exciting moment, and I don't want to take anything away from that moment because it was huge. Yeah. But at the same time, South Carolina overwhelmingly stayed at number one in the AP poll. Yeah. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And, you know, and it, it was hard not to, you're not going to slide them down to like 11 or something mm. because they lost to an unranked team. Are you like, are people surprised? Do you think people are surprised that South Carolina lost to an unranked team and stayed number one? I'm surprised they lost to the unranked team. I'm not surprised they stayed number one. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised. They stayed number one. Well, it's also, you look at, you look at the other teams around them. 
And right. well, they just beat Stanford, right? So, okay, we can't put Stanford above them. Right. Louisville, we'll, we'll get to Louisville in a second. They didn't look right. impressive enough against a ranked team in Georgia Tech or at all this season, at all this season, to, mm-hmm. to have you put them number one. Well, and then you have pretty much everyone else is a team that South Carolina beat at some point, right? It's like the other, t- I don't think Arizona belongs in the, in the top four. It's, that's, I don't think that's right. Um, but NC state, they beat Indiana. They beat, right. They're going to yeah. beat. they're going to beat Tennessee at some point. They beat Maryland. They beat UConn. It's like any team you even want to consider up there. It's not close. So I, I still think they should be number one and they deserve the unanimous point, but it yeah. is shocking. It was, I, I was watching that game. I you kept, you kept waiting for right for the shoe to fall off. That's you what I'm kept, saying. You kept yeah. waiting for Cinderella to leave the ball. They kept going, yeah. handing back to the Sophie Cunningham. And you're like, at some point we're going to pan to Sophie Cunningham and she's going to be upset. <laughs> right. And he was it. <laughs> it just never happened. And then Lauren Hansen, you know, yeah. by that point, by that point, by the, by the Lauren Hansen shot, I was like, it has to happen. Like there's this right, team well. has stayed in it too long for them not to win this game. And of course she comes up huge with a ridiculous little scoop shot over what, two or three all Americans. Yeah. That? So that, that was shocking, but yeah, I definitely don't think they should do. I, I don't see how they're going to fall off from number one without at least two more losses, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. And like you said, they've already played just about <laughs> everybody <laughs> underneath them in the top 10 just about everybody. And I mean, now UConn's out of the top 10, but they haven't played, you know, because they're in COVID protocol. Yeah. So they, they haven't been playing. And I just saw that their game against Villanova mm-hmm. is also postponed. So they have a lot of uh, rescheduling to do, but you know, they were banged up anyway before the, mm-hmm. you know, the COVID situation, but um, you know, you just can't, you can't, uh, can't reason them lower than number one. Like, no even with that loss. And I agree with that. And that's, you know, when I had to do the voting, I was like, I get it that they lost, but I just, I can't move them. I can't, I can't do it. Didn't do it. And I I wasn't alone apparently. (laughs) Are we going to, should we go through your votes? No, we're not going to do it to you this week. Oh, I mean, I think I was pretty, I I think I was pretty on par with everyone. Wasn't I? I I have not. I I was on par with the overall vote. I think. I've not double checked your vote. All right, let's see. Okay, so double check it. South Carolina, okay. Stanford, Louisville. We can have a debate on Arizona at some point. Okay. Uh, NC State, Indiana, Tennessee, Michigan, Maryland, Texas. I think you have – actually, I don't know where Maryland is at the moment. But it's about – it's 10, about. I believe they're at 10. Yeah, it's about the same. It's about the same. Yeah, it's like That's very similar. And then UConn hadn't played, so it's like you can't move the team. There were so many teams that hadn't played. Yeah. So it was like really hard to move um, this week in particular because, you know, unfortunately, this um, people are calling it the Omarion uh, (laughs) variant. (laughs) The Omarion. (laughs) All right. I heard on the radio. So that's not mine. I can't claim it. But for our white listeners, I'm sure I've brought this up to like eight white people and none of them know who Omarion is. I'm like, why? What are you guys doing? No one watched You Got Served? No one watched You Got Served? I was, uh, I don't know, on the way somewhere in the car, heard on the radio and was laughing hysterically by myself because, you know, sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. It's really sad that this is going on and I get it, but that took me over the edge and kind of lightened the mood for a moment about everything. But I mean, this is just, I just hope that the season can continue, Gabe. It's so scary. 
And with all these games being postponed and all that, it's just, oh my gosh, I hope they find time to play them all back because there's some really great games that, that we're missing, you know, with, uh, with these pauses in these programs. Yeah. And I, I mean, and again, I think there were probably of the 25 teams, I would say half of them hadn't played or close to half yeah, hadn't played for this week. And that yeah. it really made it difficult because some teams played three games and well, like it's also LSU. like at the combo COVID and Christmas. Yeah. And so, know, there breaks, of, so yeah, people weren't playing. So it was, that was something else, but like LSU won three games in, mm. in strong fashion. Right. So it's like, how do you jump teams that hadn't played? So that was kind of the, the uh, conundrum and the dilemma with, uh, with this week's voting, you know, when you have teams that are on a roll and playing and beating ranked teams and then you have teams that are stagnant and not playing yeah. at all. Yeah, Stop. I mean, we're not going to turn this into, you know, Gabe's armchair, uh, <laughs> armchair doctor, uh, doctor's office, which happens all the time, I promise you. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's a thing, man. Just stay healthy. And if you have the COVID, if you have the vaccine, the booster, like. I know. It's all you can do. That's all you, it's can, all you can do. do. Just That's get like, a mask, keep a mask on and save, save the season God, for these kids, man. It's just, they want to play. Coaches want to coach. I, I think we're, I think we're just going to keep motoring through though, as the NBA yeah, is doing, okay, because okay. at this point, yeah, what, what the hell are we going to do? Um, speaking of motoring, <laughs> speaking of motoring through, let, let's motor, let's motor, let's motor through to, I'll give you a choice. Do you want to talk about yeah. uh, the ACC first? So that'd be Duke and Louisville. Um, or do you want to talk about the Big Ten first, which would be Indiana, Maryland? Or do you want to talk about the Big 12 with Baylor and Kansas State? Oh, man. Let's go with the, the ranked team, the top 10 teams okay. that battled it out with Maryland and Indiana because, you know, we briefly discussed this before we started recording, Gabe. And mm -hmm. I have my thoughts on that game, man, sitting there. I'm just going to go with this. This is how I'm going to say it, and I'm not going to say much. All right, but I'm okay. going to say this. Okay. And this is what Brenda Free said. So it's really not me saying it. It's me reiterating what she mm -hmm. said. Okay. Sure. <clears throat> Maryland alumni, Christy Winters, coming in Thanks hot. That, Gabe. Thanks, Gabe, for that. But here I am. Okay. Hold on. Now, listen. She said on the day of the Indiana game at Assembly Hall. Mm -hmm. We did not have good body language, energy, or focus, and it carried over to the game. But we didn't know this until after the mm -hmm. game. Like, her comments came post-game, right? And when she said that, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what the problem was. Yes. Because they were, they were, I mean, for lack of a better word, and not making fun at all, but they were a shell of themselves. And oh. yes, they're terrifying. But I did. I, I was gonna say it, just say it. But then I wasn't trying to make it. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, you get I'm it. Sorry. Go ahead. But they, <laughs> but they were. It was not who they were. And give credit to Indiana for coming in and just ears mm. back, like Terry Morin says, ears back, shoulders back, plowing through. And you know, Maryland made that strong run to get to overtime, but then didn't score one point overtime. Like you fought that hard to get to the extra session. You got to make teams pay. Like you, you got to keep that momentum. And Indiana was like, no. And mm -hmm. I think 
you know, they, they played them the closest last year in Big Ten um, when they lost um, to them. I think it was a four-point game, 84 to 80 last year, a two-possession game. And I think what Allie Patberg said to Debbie Antonelli, who was on the mm-hmm. call, she said, hey, um, they always, Maryland always comes into games when we play them knowing that they're going to win. They just have this belief that they're going mm. to beat you. And she said, we have to come in like that in this game. And I tell you what, didn't they do that? Oh, all yeah. of them. All, all of them. them did. They were attacking the paint. Every time I turned around, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's a sweet move. Because we had, um, you know, all my kids were home, you know, for the holiday. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there. I was like, oh, my God, another sweep. And they're like, sweep. I'm like, they're ripping through and going right to the basket. Another sweep. It's a seatbelt, you know, boom, boom. And going right to the hole. I'm like, it's another sweep. They're just ripping and going and attacking. They attacked Maryland every chance they got. Every chance they got. And, you know, the post-game comments going back to that with Brenda Free saying that they came in not ready to go in practice. And going back to what happened with South Carolina, like you flipping the switch and the bulb mm-hmm. isn't popping. Like you can't come into practice thinking that you can wait for the game to bring it it's too late you got to wake up ready to go and the fact that they weren't oh man that i i was hot after that game and and i love indiana so don't i'm not fangirling right now but for the for the game's sake i'm not maryland alum right now like for the game's sake i wanted to see them striking on all cylinders and playing with that intention and they just didn't like for the for the fans of the game watching both teams, you want to see both teams at their best. You had all five starters back from both teams. This was the marquee matchup that we had marked in mm-hmm. October and August, whenever the schedule came out. We were waiting for this game to happen. So you have to bring it. Yep. I don't care what conference you're in. Like we're waiting for this game. You you have to be present and ready to play. And the fact she said they weren't, I, I was disappointed. I, I was disappointed in that too. And I'm not, I don't care about Maryland in, in so much as they're just another team, but I was a little disappointed in their effort because, you know, you see this team, you see all the talent and it's just, it's evident that there's an attitude yeah. issue. Um, and that it's been there this year too. Cause like, at least in South Carolina, you say, okay, it's, hey, South Carolina took their foot off the gas. They mowed down the top 10 before that. They came into that game feeling like they were they were hot bleep because they were hot bleep. Maryland, <laughs> you're not, you haven't had that type of season yet. Like you haven't showed people exactly who you are. And I think there's a great team here with this group, but yeah. it, it totally is not there. And you know, obviously we want to uh, say the face of Sonus. We hope you're healthy. I haven't heard any. Updates. Oh man, I haven't heard anything, but that did not look right. And no, she's a toughie. She and the is. fact that she didn't, she couldn't put weight. I was like, oh gosh, she couldn't put weight on that left knee. Uh, well, we're just sending her prayers for sure. That's my girl. And that can affect Hopefully your mentality too. That can definitely oh, yeah. affect your mentality. So you need seeing your, your teammate go down like that. But yeah. Even still, you know, I, I I need to see a little bit more from Maryland. I need to see what I need to see what Indiana has, right? Because you look at the Indiana team, and hey, they're not the biggest, they're not the fastest, they're not the most skilled, they don't make the most threes, but they work their butts off. You want to talk about oh, wanting it? You want to talk about 
Allie Papberg and Grace Berger played 45 minutes in this game. They didn't sit down. And, hey. they, and Indiana only played six players. And the only reason the starters sat down is because they had four fouls. Nicole Cardano, Hillary, Gil Bay, and Holmes all have four fouls. That's the only reason yeah. they sat. You want to talk about Obviously. wanting it? And they came out in overtime with more energy than Maryland did. Right. They out-energied them in the, in, the, in the overtime after playing the entire game. That's gutsy. I love this Indiana team. Their defense is off the charts. Nicole Cardano Hillary sees mm. things in slow motion. I think she has a spidey sense. Like, if you told me she was Spider-Man, I would believe it. Because she's just kind of, it, it's it's not, again, not the biggest, not the fastest, but she is everywhere on defense with the digs, getting yeah. out to rotations, cleaning up messes. She was great. I really think that what that Indiana team has is what the Maryland team is missing. Yeah. Guts. Guts. Mm. We can talk all day about X's and O's. We can talk all day about their need to take more threes and they take less threes and you get in the post more. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Some teams just come down to guts and Indiana had more of it than Maryland. I do want to give Maryland though a lot of credit for sticking for sticking it out and coming back at the end. That took a lot of that took a lot of heart. That took a lot of spirit um, to come back and force overtime because it kind of yeah. looked like they were out of it at certain points. Yeah. So they came back, they forced overtime. But I'm with you. I, I'm a little bit worried about Maryland's energy level. However, I mean, do you, it's something that's fixable, right? This is, this is something that you can fix maybe just by losing a game like this, right? Or is it something you can't fix? That's a tough, that's a tough question. And you, you do ask doozies, but that one right there is super tough. And the reason why I say that is, you know, after the South Carolina loss, which I thought they played a really tough game, they played with a different mm -hmm. level of energy and moxie and confidence than they played against Indiana. I think when you have that kind of a game against South Carolina, where after that game, Brenda Freeze was like, we played tough. We're this close. Mm -hmm. And then you come back and play in this game and you're not ready to go. To me, that's a concern. So when you, when you say that initially, like after that South mm -hmm. Carolina loss, we're right there. So then get here. That's what you want to see from your mm -hmm. team. Like, hey, we're knocking. We're right there at it. Boom, boom, boom. And so you want to see that next step be here and not here. Right. So fixable. I don't know, because I don't uh, like that. Even saying that you're close, that's going to that's going to make me angry. Like mm -hmm. I'm mad. Right. So the next game, I'm going to come back and maybe I'm not going to make every shot. Maybe I'm not going to get every box out, but I'm going hard. Like I'm give energy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, I I'm mad. I'm going to play with some kind of fierceness. And you saw that in the fight at the end of the game before yeah. overtime. And you saw that. But you got to have that from the jump ball. Yep. And then sustain it. And then maybe you won't be in overtime. Maybe you won't lose. So is it fixable? I, I don't know. I think that remains to be seen. And I know that's a wishy-washy answer. But no, I don't no, give those anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But I just think. I just think that it's it remains to be seen in their next couple of games. I agree. And, you know, again, we hope Faith Masonis is okay, but I just think that, you know, it's how you respond from losses. It's how South Carolina is going to respond from their losses. It's how, you know, when you lose, it, it sets a, a temperature check mm -hmm. on your toughness. Yep. That's what, that's what losing does. And for as, as, 
I hate to use this word for as sucky as it is to lose, <laughs> but it just, it just, it just Easy. burns you. Yeah. It burns you. If you're, if you're any kind of competitor, I don't care. Losing helps you win. If you let it, mm-hmm. if you are stuck in the doldrums and pout about losing, you're going to lose again. Right. But if you are upset and let it fuel you to the next time, you're not going to let it happen again, then it's not going to happen again. Or percentages, it's not going to happen as many times as it would if you didn't care enough. Do you care? That's that's what losing is asking you. Do you care that you lost? That's the bottom line. And if you do, then prove it the next time you play. So that's the toughest thing to answer. Like, is it fixable? Like, that's not up to the coach to fix. That's not up to Brenda Freeze to like, that's not excellent. That's not like, oh, let's figure this out. No, that's a decision that each player has to make. Are you ready to compete? Mm-hmm. Do you have a fight in you that says, I don't like losing at all? That's the question that needs to be answered by the team. Because the coaches know. No. And they know by her saying that, she knew that her team wasn't firing on all cylinders and they weren't ready to play like they knew how to play. But credit Indiana for coming in there with the hard nose mentality and boy, they wanted to win that game. And you could tell on every play, they were hitting the floor. They were taking charges. They were just everywhere, defensively closing gaps, boxing out, ripping and going. That was the difference. It was toughness. It was a toughness. Guts. Yeah. No, but I think that question that you're saying about how much do we care has to be answered specifically by Ashley Wusu, Angel Reese, and Diamond Miller. Those are the leaders on this team. Those three have to step up. I love Angel Reese. Angel Reese's mom got mad at me on Twitter for saying this. I need her to be more consistent. First off, she's getting she's consistent in her production. I need her to be consistent in the attitude because she has some really bad body language at times. I know, I know Angel Reese's mom listens to this podcast. So let me assure you, I love your daughter like as a player she is amazing i really but i want to see her be a leader because she is a leader on this team if you're going to go out and put 22 points on the number six team in the country or number 18 in the country whatever they are yeah. you better come back and have that same mentality in practice in the in the huddle and in your body language on the court because everyone picks up on what you do and i want to see that from ashley awusu angel reese and diamond miller those three have to answer the question of whether this is fixable that attitude adjustment yeah. What that they need, can those three bring it? Because those three are the ones in charge, in my opinion, in terms of yeah, because it has to start, it has to start with your leaders, right? I hear you absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm good friends with Angel's mom. So like we played against each other, you know, back in the 1900s, my son. (laughs) Um, which is still fine. Um, but yeah, I I understand that. And there were some times you could tell there was a block shot, I think it was in the first half, maybe. Mm -hmm. I think it was in the first or the beginning of the second half. And Angel blocked like a really good one and sent it out. And you can tell she wanted to, you know, yeah. go in and like do a stomp or like, let's go. Sure. And she put both hands behind her back and balled her lips in and held it in. Yeah. So I think there's, she's trying. She's growing. No, she definitely, she's, she's gotten better trying, every week. But she's, but she's, I know, I remember coming in to, as a freshman last year and Brenda Free saying that she was the most competitive player she's ever coached. And that's saying a lot. And I know it's hard to, it's hard to hold it in, but you see, I I saw her trying to hold it in and it's really, it's really tough. 
and I get it as a, a, a player who was, I, I thought I was, you know, I got more excited on what my teammates did. Yeah. Nothing that I did, but I was like, I was in everybody's face. If they got an N one, I was the first one there. Yeah. She is too. She is too. Exactly. So I, I get the emotion. I mean, it's a fun game to play and you have to play it with emotion, but when the emotion is when things don't go your way. And I think that's what you're talking about. Mostly it's when it's not going your way, how are you responding in a way that impacts team in a positive way? Yes. And I Har- think harness your is... energy for, for positivity. Yes. And I and that's see tough. that. And that's tough. That's tough. She's 20. To she's a tw- 20 years old now. Second year. Yeah. Second year player. So, I think she's 19. No, she, She's a sophomore. I'm not yeah. sure what her birthday is. She, she's so. young is the point. So I, she's, she's, she's getting much better with it as time goes on. But the time, when we look at Angel Reese and we say, wow, what a leader. That is the time where we can believe in Maryland as a national title contender. Because right. that's, that, that's the time when we're going to say, hey, now they have the leader who's making sure they're consistent in all their games. Also get Katie Benson some more shots. That's yeah, I thought she could have been found a couple times there. Yeah. Um, and not just down the stretch when they needed to get some mm-hmm. threes in in overtime and all that. I think that, you know, she just, they did a good job again. They pushed her off that three-point line and she got some mid-range pull-ups in um, in the first half. I, I think that was, I can't remember first, second half. But anyway, yeah. she got that more often than she got wide open threes, right? They did a good job of running her off of that line and, and forcing her to put the ball on the floor. But with Ashley Owusu, you were talking about uh, being that leader for the team. Mm-hmm. For as well. She really, I mean, Cardano Hillary was just all over her. Um, it did not give her any space whatsoever. Super frustrating, I'm sure, for uh, um, Ashley Owusu, who wants the basketball in her hand, who wants to perform and facilitate and score. But you saw Ashley Owusu in that stretch at the end of regulation play the way we knew that she could play, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even <laughs> with being guarded the way she was being guarded all game. But I think there was a decision that she made during that stretch said, my team needs me. I have to step up. And she did it. And, and they were still swarming defensively. It wasn't like all of a sudden Indiana's defense let up. Am I right? Yeah. No, I totally agree. No, she just decided to yeah. do it. She yeah. just got, it, 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 it seemed like that, you know, I don't, that, I don't that's know, what it felt like. That's what yeah, it felt like on the outside. That's what it looked like for us. And it, it didn't look like schematically they changed anything defensively on Ashley Wusu. It looked like Ashley changed what she wanted to do on the floor. And then all of a sudden she's making back-to-back plays. Brenda put her on the Anyone? wing. That was, a, that was a, you know, she put her on the wing running a pick and roll oh. outside on the wing. But that, right. you know, it's still, it still should. I mean, I, I, yeah, they were, they were trying everything. So it was seemed to be a, an attitude thing. Although we're at, yes. so all right, we're at an hour. Because we talked. Oh, okay. Come on with it. We, we talked way too long about Maryland as we are wont to do. Okay. So rapid, rapid reaction, rapid okay. reaction. Let's get into it. Number three, Louisville sneaks past Georgia Tech on Emily Eng- Engsler, uh, Emily Engsler's uh, game winning bucket. They went 50 to 48. Good Lord. This game was disgusting until the fourth quarter. Louisville <laughs> scored three points. In the first quarter, and Georgia Tech only Georgia Tech has an awesome defense. They're the third best defense in the country. However, yeah. I do not think that this is a great look for Louisville. No, I think it was a struggle for them. Um, I mean, they came out with a win, which is the bottom line, I guess, but it was in no way pretty. It was definitely a rock fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Nell Fortner, they've had some great wins this season. Definitely right there with Louisville trying to take them down. I think when they match up again, if they do this season, I think that one is going to uh, 
be another barn burner, but I think it's not going to be 50 to 48. I think it's going to be uh, a different level game in terms of pace and efficiency. I hope so. Cause if Debbie Antonelli is on the call, it's going to be a rough call. She, <laughs> She's not going to like that. Not stay on that. All right. Moving on to Duke uh, rallying to beat Notre Dame. They win the yeah. final frame 24 to 15 in route to a 72 to 70 victory. Elizabeth Balagoon is your hero for Duke. She has 27 points. 27 points uh, in and the game-winning bucket for the Dukies. Uh, Carol Lawson looking mighty good in this game. Notre Dame also looked yeah. good, so I don't know what you do. I, I didn't learn much from this game. It was just fun to watch. <laughs> it was definitely fun to watch. Two former WNBA hoopers mm-hmm. coaching and two former NBA assistant coaches coaching on the sideline with uh, Notre Dame and Duke uh, in that one. I just thought that, you know, it was down the stretch – that Notre Dame just didn't execute. I mean, they had three really, really, really great looks at the basket at the end. And boy, if they can get those back, I don't know. Um, I thought they executed well, but just didn't get the shots to fall. And then the turnover by Olivia Miles, the freshman, I mean, oh God. And I feel bad for her because she didn't have anywhere to go when she probably could have pulled and chucked the three at the buzzer, Mm -hmm. just just see if it could go in. Um, She didn't get a shot off. So I'm sure she's frustrated. But again, when they meet again, I think it'll be um, interesting to see what that game will look like. But Balogun, wow, she was just she was just taking and attacking every chance she can get for those 27. No, she was awesome. I'm excited to see what she does the rest of the season at Duke. Okay, let's uh, briefly, number 13, Baylor. Although they they weren't number 13 at that point. I don't remember what their ranking was. They were number nine. Number nine, Baylor drops a game to unranked kansas state um there's some things to talk about with baylor but i think the place to start here is aoka lee 32 (laughs) points 10 rebounds two assists Mm. three steals two blocks Uh, she is an animal folks yeah well if it's up then you know then it's up golly she (laughs) was a killer and and you know again when you're playing a team like a baylor or a ranked team just like we saw with Mizzou, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a target on their back. So you're going to get your best from whoever you're playing. So you just have to be ready. And I, I think for, you know, Nelissa Smith, I mean, what a talent she is, but she needs everybody to be on board with her night in and night out to get the job done against a team like Kansas State. Yep. And that's why we're going to talk about her more when the WNBA draft comes up. And yeah. I will be bringing up this game in particular, when we talk about <laughs> Melissa Smith during WNBA draft, uh, okay. there's a there's a ton more games that happened um, that were really cool. Uh, there's not enough time to bring all of them up. I will tell you, this week is going to be an awesome week of basketball. We have Michigan at Nebraska, which should be starting like now ish. If we're recording this on Tuesday, night, yeah, I so. think it's tonight. Yeah, yeah. nine o'clock. I think. Oh, nine it's o'clock. Late. Oh, okay. I believe it's nine. Oh yeah, because yeah. we're in the we're in the central because it's in Nebraska. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nebraska favored by almost two points according to our prediction model which was interesting because they're not michigan's number eight and nebraska's unranked although i think i think the, the huskers deserve to be ranked um let's all right i'm gonna just run through the games for the rest of the week wednesday number 12 iowa state at number 23 oklahoma gonna be a really good one oklahoma mm-hmm. in the rankings for first time this season thursday yeah. night's the big night spot weld yourself to the couch because we got unc <laughs> at nc state Number 19 going to number five, big rivalry game. Reynolds Coliseum's already sold out. Texas A&M going to Tennessee. 
going to be a huge game. South Carolina traveling to LSU could be <sighs> sneaky upset potential. I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think there's a good one. Though. There's not a shot that Don Staley lets Kim Mulkey beat her in her first game in the SEC. That's going to be a great game though, because LSU is playing really, really yeah. well right now. Yeah, no, LSU is playing really good, but I, yeah. I, I don't think uh, we're going to see the same South Carolina saw against Missouri. No. We got uh, Georgia heading to Kentucky to see my girl Ryan Howard on Thursday night as well, and we have Georgia Tech at Duke. Mm. So that's our that's our big Thursday schedule. I'll be I'll be locked into that UNC NC State game because I love all things Carolina basketball. <laughs> um, what are you going to be watching out of that? Does or do you have do you have a game? I have a game. Um, oh. It's Maryland and Maryland and Penn State that evening at oh, eight. Right. So yeah, I forgot those at Maryland. On Thursday. At Maryland, yeah. So it's oh. a big night all across. But I will be looking at scores during the game. Like, okay, caught there. Halftime. There, there's be, supposed um, to be snow on Thursday, so just be careful. Oh gosh, <laughs> and I love snow, like from outside, like looking out the window, looking at it. But driving in it, not so much. But here we are. <laughs> I've, I've learned how to cook, so I don't have to leave. Uh, <laughs> Oregon at Stanford is on Friday, and then there's there was so much great stuff on Sunday that I could not write it all down. So that's your week ahead. Our week behind was amazing. Our week ahead will be amazing. And we're going to get more into the WNBA free agency as well, as I mentioned, the 15th. So is that next week? Yeah, that's next week, just like that, next Saturday. Oh, my God. Okay, so next Saturday is on. Yeah, it is. I okay. can't wait. It's that, on. That's all I got, Christy. <laughs> well it, it was on and popping as always right here on courtside with christy and gabe on the her hoops that's podcast network you know where to find us all over social media it's all hoops all the time for me and a little bit of my kids and it's all hoops all the time for gabe because that's what we do out here on her hoops stats but we will check you all out next time make sure that you subscribe and check out everything on herhoopstats.com as the season progresses. And oh my gosh, the WNBA is right around the corner. What, we can't what wait are we drinking to, today? To bring that up. Oh, what do we have? We have the cranberry juice with no ice and a lime. And I'm getting ready to pop some popcorn for all these games coming up this week. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. But I am Christy Richard Scott for Gabe Ibrahim, and we are out of here. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.